The heat dome is still in effect out in Arizona. Day number 19, plus 110. Torrential rains coast to coast, but this is not just an idea of wild weather in the United States. This is going on globally. What do we make of it? What are the question marks? Is this global warming or something different? Kind enough to join me live this morning is Cameron Lee's associate professor in Kent State's Department of Geography. And believe me, he has done studies from coast to coast with heat-related items, water temperatures and stuff. So he has a pretty good idea of what is transpiring in our country and beyond. And let's see what any conclusions he has. Cameron, thanks for joining us on the show this morning. Talk about this wacky weather of 2023. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me on here. I, uh, yeah, I've been following a lot of the news and all the extreme temperatures, and it is really uh, quite something. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the global temperatures go, it's, you know, driven obviously by, uh, you know, anthropogenic climate change. Uh, that being said, it's, it's kind of a nexus of a few different things going on that have, you know, put this year, at least so far, and probably as we move further into the year, um, above a lot of others. And that's kind of a combination of climate change on the background, but also we have an El Nino year that is pretty strong, um, that has continued to develop. Uh, we also have a uh, Kind of some abnormal warming uh, happening in the uh, Atlantic Ocean especially, but uh, throughout most of our global oceans too, um, that is somewhat independent of climate change, somewhat related to it, but uh, it's just, uh, you know, a few different things that are helping to cause, uh, you know, the record warmth right now. Cameron, let me ask you this. Is this an anomaly? Is this a one-year thing? You being a scientist, you study these patterns through the years, have you been seeing this coming for some time? Is this a one and out, or should we expect more of this and maybe more than normal going forward? Yeah, um, uh, so according to statistics, if the climate wasn't changing, then this would be a highly anomalous event. Uh you know, the type of uh, warming that we're seeing around the entire globe right now um, would be what we call a, you know, somewhere between a four and five sigma event, meaning that um, the probability of this happening just by random chance without the climate changing um, is somewhere between, you know, probably about three to 10 million uh, years once in, you know, that often. Uh, so in that case, it would be an anomaly. But we know that climate change is causing the Earth to warm. Uh, and so because of this, events like this are probably going to become quite a bit more likely. Uh, and so uh, whereas it might only happen once every couple million years, uh, according to past history, um, in the future we can expect events like this to become, I don't know about necessarily normal, but a fairly mild uh, anomaly compared to the anomalies that we can expect in the future. With us this morning is Cameron Lee, Associate Professor in Kent State University's Department of Geography. And Cameron, when we talk about global warming, as we can see, it affects so many things. You mentioned the water temperature, which will probably translate into maybe a strong hurricane season with the water temperatures going so high. And we're seeing the ice melting way in the Arctics and such. And as you mm -hmm. study all these patterns going forward, talk about the subject global warming under that umbrella, and where is your concern level? 
Um, yeah, so um, yeah, first to kind of get at the the hurricane, uh, the hurricane thing. I, the hurricane thing is actually really interesting because there's a lot of things that go into hurricanes. Obviously, warmer temperatures are one of them. Um, warmer ocean temperatures and sea surface temperatures specifically. And in the Atlantic, they are really, really warm right now. But there's a few other ingredients um, that, you know, might not pan out. So the, the hurricane forecast for this year have kind of been interesting to watch because um, the water temperatures are kind of bringing those forecasts back up where they were down because El Nino's kind of have a tendency to kind of uh, subdue the number of hurricanes that, uh, you know, are in the North Atlantic Ocean that affect uh, the United States. But um, generally for, you know, climate change and my level of concern, it's it's really, I mean, it's high, right? I mm-hmm. There's really no way around uh, it. Uh, we are, it's unequivocal that the climate is warming. It is unequivocal that human beings, emissions of, uh, greenhouse gases through the use of fossil fuels are what are causing this. Um, that being said, I'm less pessimistic than I used to be about this. Um, and I teach I teach a climate change class every semester at uh, Kent State. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed through the last several semesters as my teaching has evolved is um, my level of optimism is rising slightly. Um, And that's because we are finally starting to have some of the conversations and putting in place some of the um, necessary remedies to help uh, reduce our reliance on fossil fuels. Um, I wish these conversations happened 20 years ago, but it's better to get them started now than never. Um, And at the same time, while, you know, more climate change is extremely likely and unavoidable, um, there's always the possibility that it could be worse if we don't change our behaviors. Uh, and so, you know, China has instituted uh, um, a carbon pricing system. Uh, finally, uh, the U.S. and a, and a variety of different uh, regions have instituted um, some sort of, you know, control on the use of fossil fuels. And the Inflation Reduction Act has helped uh, kind of I would say put in place some of the necessary infrastructure that is needed to help communities um, and states uh, and individuals in uh, kind of making that transition. So for those reasons, I'm more optimistic than I used to be, but the level of concern still remains pretty high. Cameron Lee is with us, Associate Professor in Kent State's Department of Geography. Cameron, you've also done some extensive studies into high heat events, California and beyond, and it's affecting our overall health from asthma, breathing, and such. And we're seeing that heat dome in the south. And we've had a, a hot summer, but certainly not like what they have. I thought maybe you could mm-hmm. translate a little bit on your studies pertaining to high heat and its effects overall on the human health. Uh, yeah, so uh, high heat is you know extremely dangerous um, to uh, human health and uh, one of the ways that uh, it, you know, impacts us, and this is especially impactful for um, some of the, uh, you know, less fortunate uh, sections of the population that don't have access to shelter or don't have access to air conditioning. Um, and so, yeah, their their body is uh, likely to overheat if they're exposed to these extreme heat conditions for a long time. Um, it's not just uh, the heat, it's also the humidity. Um, while we're not seeing humidity levels being all that alarming necessarily in the southwest, 
Uh, in the uh, south and the southeast, uh, we can see extremely high humidity levels as well. Um, when you combine the heat with the humidity, you know, the, the way that our body naturally cools itself is via sweating. Uh, when sweat evaporates off our skin, that, that process actually is what cools our skin, the evaporation. Um, and when the air is saturated with, uh, you know, moisture, with humidity, then that process is um, largely subdued, and that's what prevents our body from cooling itself. Uh, and one of the big things that we have seen in uh, past research is while daytime high temperatures can be, you know, bad, it's really these long stretches of extreme heat and the failure of overnight lows to get cool enough uh, to offer relief to uh, some people, which means that, you know, while you might have a 100-degree day here or there, if it gets back down into the 70s or something, you can have a little bit of relief um, overnight. But if you have these 100-degree days that never get, um, you know, at night back below uh, 80 or back below 90, then nobody gets relief, and that can really start to build up and take its toll uh, on the population. And so, yeah, people will start to uh, succumb to the heat. Yeah, and, and like Cameron said a couple of minutes ago, need to kind of really look at yourself in the mirror, not individuals, but as a country and certainly globally and where we are to try to change the patterns going forward when we talk about high heat, carbon levels, and all that stuff, all coming together and what we're seeing in 2023. Cameron, thank you so much for the insight. Appreciate you taking time to join us this morning here on WA Care in Akron. Thank you. Thank you.